Welcome everybody to this edition of Tap Out Talk. We're going to get right into WWE Day 1 and Happy New Year. Welcome everybody to day one WWE and this is Tap Out Talk. We are going to go over all the highlights and delights, results and thoughts of the show. So let's go right in. Right off the gate, we get a major announcement and a shakeup to the card. We get an announcement at the beginning that Roman Reigns has tested positive for COVID and as a result of the Universal Championship match will not take place this evening. Instead, we will have Brock Lesnar added to the fatal four-way championship match, now making it a fatal five-way match for the WWE Championship. So I found that very interesting and um, unfortunate, you know, for Roman's sake. And I do want to say at the beginning that I do hope that Roman is okay because we do know that he has a past medical history of a compromised, uh, compromised immune system. And um, I do wish him a speedy recovery and that they are playing it very safe with him. I find it very interesting, too. The WWE just announced that they are not going to further test um, their superstars on a weekly basis. So I found that to be very interesting. Um, I don't know if that comes in light of this news or just kind of a coincidence. But it's something to think about going forward because we're getting into WrestleMania season. And that's going to be a big deal. So let's go right ahead and let's get into our first main match on the main card. And that match was the Usos versus the New Day. So really, you know, kind of for the SmackDown Tag Team Championships, we've got this feud going back and forth for a while. And so we get the Usos. They make their entrance, followed by the New Day riding in on the throne for King Xavier Woods. It was a nice little touch just to add a little zazz to the character. I almost think he should keep the throne just to, you know, kind of add a little more to the King Woods character. So he's definitely making it work for King of the Ring. Um, Jimmy Uso basically starts off things against the King Woods and we began, we get a couple hammer locks and some kicks by Woods. And then we, um, tag for a double team move by the new day as Kofi enters the ring. Kofi goes to the top rope and instead of jumping on Jimmy in the ring, he is forced to jump onto the apron at Jay Uso, who is kind of on the outside and looks like he's about ready to interfere. So the Usos basically get the advantage and they pay tribute to the late Umaga by using a running, I'm going to call it butt bomb and splash in the corner. And they're um, basically then followed by a tribute to Roman with the day one symbol. And they keep giving this day one symbol and putting up their fingers um, throughout the match. And you, you got to think that's foreshadowing to something we'll find out. So basically, um, as the match kind of goes on, they beat up each other back and forth. And you're kind of like thinking, well, what's going to happen? Are the Usos going to lose these titles to the New Day? Or are the Usos going to retain? And um, it goes through. The Usos basically... You know, they kind of keep going through the match and they cheat their way to another advantage. And then it hits a corkscrew. Um, they hit a corkscrew from the top rope and then they hit a pop-up Samoan drop kick, a.k.a. they call it the alley Oose in a pinfall attempt, but there really is no avail to it. The match continues and we have a good old-fashioned slugfest in the ring between all the guys. Xavier makes a tag to Kofi and he comes in the ring with a top rope splash. Kofi gets the crowd reaction for an old-school trouble in paradise but he misses, and the Usos get the advantage, and then Jimmy gets a huge splash off the top rope for a close two count. Jimmy now targets the knee of Kofi using a single crab submission, but the rope is grabbed for another count break. 
So at this point in the match, the action kind of goes back and forth, and it's pretty high-paced, and I got to say I'm pretty pleased with it. The Usos tag, and they look for a double team, but Xavier pulls Jimmy to the outside and throws him into the stairs. And back in the ring, Kofi then hits a quick couple roll-ups for a couple quick two counts, and he's followed by a, an SOS with a really close two count. And you think, mm, maybe, just maybe. The New Day are close to winning the titles, but then at the end, the Usos hit a double super kick and followed by a double Uso top rope splash on Kofi. But Xavier breaks up the pin, and you just don't know because now we've used our finishing moves and we've got to figure out what's next. The great spot was with all four men standing in the ring and the two just starting to throw fists again all at each other. And they throw Xavier to the outside. And then finally, in the final moments of the match, the Usos then immediately call for a 3D. That's right, the deadly duff drop, famous for the Dudley boys. And we find out they are now calling the move the 1D. And I think that's a nice play on you know, day one, WWE, 1D. That's a great way to cut and start adding that move to their repertoire. It's a 1-2-3. And obviously, the Usos do retain the tag team championship for the bloodline. So overall, I would say the match is a pretty good high-paced match. It's a great match to always start a pay-per-view with when you have two high-energy groups. Um, really, it's always hard. You know, the Usos always team well, and they always find a great way to have great matches. And I still think they're one of the premier tag teams. So I would say, you know, this was definitely a good match of the night. And it got the energy of the crowd up. And then we went on to, you know, what was a interview segment. So we throughout the night... You could tell the WWE needed to build this WWE Championship match in a big way, and you could tell that they really struggled because they realized they didn't build it up really strong enough, and they really relied on Roman versus Brock. So throughout the night, the WWE had to do some short-term bookings throughout the night, and they had to interview each one of these competitors to make people care about this main event. Now, I would say, you know, normally, you know, they should be doing that throughout the season and throughout the shows in between these pay-per-views. But I will say, you know, at least the WWE did this on the show, and they almost need to do this more often just to make all their competitors feel important. So in this first interview segment, we get a really nice compilation of Big E and his rise in the WWE in 2021 and how he's winning the, he, when he won the Money in the Bank ladder match and a bunch of multiple big endings in the package. We then get a backstage interview with the WWE champion Big E about his thoughts on Brock Lesnar being added to the match. That's the story of the night. Simply, he is high energy, and he ends with saying, bring on the beast. They did a good job, again, of making Big E look like a credible champion on video. All right, we move on to our next matchup. And, you know, i got to say, I don't know why this match was really happening. I mean, I know we know the storyline, but Madcap Moss versus Drew McIntyre. And you almost think that, okay, they're going to build to some sort of one-on-one -on -one match with Happy Corbin or Baron Corbin, whatever you want to call him. But anyway, Madcap Moss and Corbin come out and they crack horrible dad jokes in the audience. And they talk about Drew McIntyre's high school prom back in the old country being a goat, an actual goat. Um, you have, you know, they're going to change his name to who McIntyre after they beat him. And that's enough to get Drew out to the ring and, you know, to start this match. Um, as the match starts off, they lock up and there's just a lot of kicks and punches thrown and Drew basically pushes him in the corner and unloads a bunch of Furia punches. This is a heavily dominated Drew McIntyre match as it should be. In my opinion, Drew is a face of, you know, the WWE and a former world champion. And these two are just simply are not right. So, um, I could see this series eventually ending in a maybe a one-on-two handicap match and where Drew just dominates and still looks like the strong, credible competitor, right? These two are definitely playing the jobber role. Um, 
So basically, they go back and forth through the ring. They knock each other out of the ring. Drew really is just dominant. Every time Madcap Moss gets some kind of advantage on Drew, Drew just breaks out of it and overpowers him, right? So they have a few suplexes, and then they have a nice spine buster off the top rope. There's a two count with a kick um, for a pin on Moss, but Madcap then hits a nice fall away slam on McIntyre for an attempted you know, pin and a takeover, but Drew is then quickly back to the advantage. At the end, Drew McIntyre hits his clay more on Madcap Moss, and it's one, two, three, and it's the end. So, um, honestly, I'm surprised this match is on a pay-per-view. They probably should have saved this for a Monday Night Raw. So, I'm going to say this match is kind of maybe more of the boring ones of the night. I mean, I get the story they're going to tell, but again, it just did not feel like a main event type match that we should be having. We get our next backstage segment with Kevin Owens, as you're going to see throughout the matches throughout the night. We get a basically KO talking about how, you know, Brock Lesnar being added to the match and how he's against the whole idea. But that's okay because he needs to go talk to Seth Rollins about teaming up to take out Brock. KO wants some revenge also for his best friend Sami Zayn, who Brock bullied on SmackDown. And KO says he's going to get that tonight. We then get a nice package of Seth Rollins' rise to the WWE championship in the past and how he's won it. And so we get a nice buildup of KO and a little bit of a seed planted for, you know, his partnership with Seth Rollins. Hey guys, um, real quick, if you don't already subscribe, please do so. If you do, thank you for continued support. And then just go ahead and like this video. It kind of helps it get the channel out and gets the content pushed against the YouTube algorithms. So we then go into our next matchup, which is RK bro versus the street profits, right? And so we get into another tag team match here and the street profits come out first and they're seen as, you know, they definitely seem over with the crowd, right? Um, RK bro comes out, you know, with riddle on his scooter and then the Migos who are the um, musical performers, you know, of the night and they don't really perform, but they just kind of show up backstage and then they kind of hang out and walk out to the ring with RK bro. Not really sure what they're trying to do here. I know it's WrestleMania season. So just like bad bunny last year, we got to get used to some of these, you know, known celebrities or these artists coming in and being part of the attraction. I will say they didn't distract too much from the night. So I think it was okay for me and it, they weren't made a major part, but this matchup um, started out and there's a lot of back and forth, you know, as a typical tag match, multiple tags kind of added in, but there wasn't really much here as far as serious moves or, you know, and they had a few just, you know, corner kicks, things like that. Orton basically um, after a while, they're just beating you know, up on Randy Orton in the ring and he's desperate for, you know, a hot tag and uh, sorry, Riddle was beaten up in the ring and he's desperate for the hot tag. And then Orton unleashes, once he gets the hot tag, he unleashes a huge fury later in the match and he takes over with a snap body slam and then performs a double rope, you know, DDT a la Orton on both guys. And now we're getting the Viper coiled up and ready to strike, right? So this is really the only time in this match, the first, you know, five or six minutes of the match were kind of boring. And then this kind of, you know, fired it up a little um but the rko was not hit at the end of this whole scheme and then the street profits attempt to fight back and riddle hits a flip on the outside to the ring but then it's rk bro to take the win in the pen so they retain their titles and again i'm going to say this match was more of a monday night raw match um i don't feel like this had any advantage of being on the pay-per-view and definitely the usos match was the better of the tag team championship matches so i wish they would just kind of merge these titles into one and not try to hold two different divisions for the, essentially the same thing we get another backstage segment this time it's drew mcintyre 
um, from Madcap Moss and Happy Corbin actually staging a backstage attack on McIntyre. And it's felt a little out of place and like they're trying to continue the storyline. But um, there is actually a news report of rumor that Drew may have suffered a major neck injury early in his match with Madcap Moss. So this would be a way to help write him off storylines for a bit for his inevitable return, but give him some time off to kind of rest up. We get a backstage interview then where Brock Lesnar does a really good uh, Paul Heyman speech and impersonation. Um, there's no sign of Heyman tonight, but Brock is still playing up the fact that there could be that alliance there. The next match of the night then um, we get into, this is actually the part, you know, it's been a little slow through the night, but this is actually the match that set the pace for the rest of the night. And actually was probably my match of the night, which was the edge versus the Miz. And we get a good, you know, brood entrance from edge and with the fire and the blazing and everything. And I always geek out whenever I see it. Um, I just something about that old brood music that goes into the metalingus on this day music. And then the two start off with some in-ring action. They eventually go to the outside where we wonder if Maurice will, you know, be involved or not. And she shows, you know, that she might interfere in this match, but she doesn't quite get there. Miz comes back in the ring with a double axe handle smash right on the head of the edge, the edge head, if you will. And then at that point, the Miz has the advantage and, you know, he basically kind of gets caught up, you know, on the rope. And then edge actually, as he gets caught up, follows in with a reverse DDT. Later on back on the outside, edge hits an awesome face first DDT with Miz off uh, the apron. And that really is the first major move on the outside of the match. The action goes back and forth, and then basically Edge is set up on the table, and Miz goes for a skull-crushing finale, but they actually counter each other, and um, actually Edge actually counters and slams Miz through a table, and it actually doesn't give or break, so ouch. Um, you know, that always hurts worse than when it, it does give. So then back in the ring, you know, they battle for a little bit more, and then Miz goes for a skull-crushing finale, and then followed by a figure-four leg lock. Both are well-scouted and countered by Edge. So as the match goes back and forth and they're just back and forth in this match, and it was definitely a high intensity match. It had a good balance of back and forth. Um, you, you had a little interference on the outside, but not much. And so as they just continue on this whole building the story, you go into these different phases of the match. Um, the next major point comes when the Miz hits a slingshot on edge into the top post in the corner and then goes for a pin on the with his foot on the rope for leverage, but the referee sees it and he calls it off. And then the Miz is celebrating, but then he gets really angry with the ref. The edge gets Miz locked into a crossface, and then the Miz is rolling around, and Maurice behind the ref's back actually grabs her husband's foot, places it on the top rope, causing them to have to break the hold. So this is where you see that there is a need for Maurice to actually be at ringside and involved. So I do like that they slowly didn't, you know, have her start out, but they had her slowly starting to become a nuisance to edge. And that actually will set up something here later in the match. So basically then later in the match, edge hits a massive hip toss right off the top rope. And Maurice is looking scared for the Miz at this point, And she is now scared for her husband. As you can see her getting desperate, starting to interfere. Edge then goes for a spear and he misses in the corner. The Miz hits a skull crushing finale. Edge, one, two, and he kicks out at three. So Maurice is now on the apron, and all of a sudden, as she's on the apron and about to interfere for her third and final time, we get Beth Phoenix appearing at the top of the ramp. Her music hits, she makes her way down the ring, and she looks like, I, I swear, she looks like the main character from the new 
uh, from the PS4 game, New Horizon. She chases Maurice off, and then she gets into an argument with Miz on the outside of the ring. And just as the Miz stops arguing with her, he turns around and faces Edge, who hits him with a spear from the corner. One, two, three, and that's the end. The couples end up staring at each other down after the match. But yeah, Edge is your winner with the help from his wife, Beth Phoenix, and her return, the Glamazon, to the ring. And again, these couples are staring at each other from the ramp to the ring. And you can't help but feel like this is going to set up a WWE Royal Rumble mixed tag match, perhaps. And I feel like that's probably appropriate for this feud um, that will allow it to continue a little bit further. And it's a great way to introduce Beth Phoenix back, who looks completely, you know, it's got a different changed look. But her look, as you guys can kind of tell, does a really good job of looking and matching the Miz, or not the Miz, sorry, Edge's look, who is a little more of a grizzled veteran, and I like it. So we get our another backstage interview segment. This time we get Bobby Lashley, and he talks about with MVP, and he talks about that they're glad that Brock Lesnar is in the match because it will finally give Lashley the chance to go back to dominant against Brock Lesnar and make an example of him in the WWE. And I have been clamoring for these two to face off for a very long time. I know Lashley has wanted a piece of Lesnar for a long, long time. We finally get the next match, which was Becky Lynch versus Liv Morgan. We get a great video package, and Liv is being built up as the female's people's champion and wants to bring prestige back to the belt. And it's ironic because Becky is playing a heel, and she's playing the big-time Bex character, which kind of reminds me of the Hollywood Rock character, so I find it very interesting in that aspect. And Becky comes out in the entrance, and she has um, stuffed goats on her shoulder pads of her jacket. And on the back of the jacket says goat. So I, I kind of like it. I'm digging it. It's, it's very outlandish. And that's kind of the character she's going for. This whole match, Liv is fired up and Becky plays the calm, cool champion. The ladies are briefly in the ring and then they go out to the outside. And Liv smashes Becky's head multiple times in the table before she screams out some excitement. And I noticed in this match, whenever Becky screams, or excuse me, whenever Liv screams, Becky, the reaction... On Becky, I mean, so the crowd loves Liv, and whenever she screams, they scream and they cheer and they pop for her every time. Liv is dominant into the first part of the match and is definitely feeding off the crowd, and the crowd is loving it. And after some action and some submission attempts broken by the ropes, Becky goes to the outside for a rest and then gets back in the ring via a slam from the top rope by Morgan. The announcers pose the question, is Becky fighting to not lose or is she fighting to win and I love the announcing tonight that they did a really good job of adding questions throughout the match to make you think and wonder and I was thinking the same thing Becky finally turns the tide and gets some action happening and Becky dominates most of the middle of this match there's and then you know for a good at least seven eight minutes and then there's a ground and pound offense by Liv mixed with some raging screams and the crowd pops again and some top rope action and some kicks off the rope and when, again, she screams, the crowd reacts. Um, at that point, Morgan hits a sunset flip while Lynch is on the rope and almost gets a three count, but Becky kicks out. So, again, more back and forth with these two just going at it, right? And then um, Liv, you know, in the back, basically it's funny. They get back to the outside, and Becky gets, you know, Liv's head and smashes in the table multiple times, kind of tying back to the equality of what happened earlier in the match. Liv gets Becky's hand on the stairs and then she stomps it multiple times and they're really building, you know, this up as Liv's revenge match and her opportunity to cash in and win. 
They get off the top rope with a submission move, but it's not enough, and Becky reverses it. And then Becky, Liv goes for the oblivion, but Becky hits a slam and gets the pin. And one, two, three, she retains her title with a thunderous spear-type pin. And it looks like there might have been a foot on the rope with Becky. She was stretching for the rope, and I think that was kind of supposed to be a controversial end and finish. I couldn't tell if she actually hit the rope or not. So the end of the result is, again, Becky Lynch retaining her title. My thoughts, this was another great match of the night. I would say the Edge-Miz match was the best match of the night, and this was probably right up there with the second or third. Um, I look at it, and I say, these two aren't done. So I think they're done for now. This was a nice little short program just to build up Becky as a heel. The right person won this title, in my opinion. Now, what I would like to see is I could see an argument made for Liv Morgan to win the Women's Royal Rumble and get her final matchup at Mania against Becky, and that could be the thing that builds Liv Morgan. The WWE might have something here with Liv Morgan, um, but they're going to have to cash in on that idea before it's too late because she could go the route of being stale and back down to the middle. So I can't tell if this is a short-time feud and in between the big matches or if she's going to be built up to be the real deal. Only time will tell. We get another backstage segment, this time with Seth freaking Rollins, and he claims how he is supposed to be in a one-on-one match and it wasn't supposed to have three other people added to his match. This was his match and says that Kevin Owens complained and got his way into it and then just got out of control from there. He's got a point. After that, we do get a video stream from Johnny Knoxville of the Jackass fame and saying that he wants to become the WWE champion and will get it by entering the Royal Rumble here at the next pay-per-view. Um, my initial thought was, okay, again, WrestleMania season, but can anybody say David Arquette fanboy? And we get to the main event. We get Big E versus Seth Rollins versus Kevin Owens versus Lashley versus Brock Lesnar. The matchup begins and all men are wildly brawling in the ring. And as the action breaks down, Lashley appears and he spears Brock right through the barricade right away on the outside, taking him out of the equation. Lashley then is in the ring and he dominates and he goes for suplex on Seth Roth or Seth Rollins, and then he gets super kicked by Kevin Owens, and Owens and Rollins are clearly working together. They double super kick on Lashley to the outside, and Rollins then jumps over the top rope onto Lesnar and then follows up by a KO splash from the apron to the floor on top of Lesnar, taking him out once again. The two then take the steel steps to Lashley on the outside, and Owens and Rollins have taken out now two of the biggest threats in this match. They attempt a double suplex on Lashley through the announcer's table. They don't get it quite off, but then Big E actually comes in and interferes and helps put Lashley through the table by himself. Big E is alone in the ring, and now he has to fight off the combination of Owens and Rollins, and it takes a lot of punishment in the form of a pop-up powerbomb and some splashes. So at that point, it has me thinking, again, could we be seeing the breakdown of some matches? Could we see a blow-up between Rollins and KO? And maybe that's our match for Mania. These two have had a history of that. I know they have battled against each other as well. And I still find it weird that they're best friends. Brock Lesnar gets back in the ring at this point, and he F5s all three men. And he turns around to Bobby Lashley, spearing him for a close one and two count. Lashley dominates Lesnar, then putting on the full Nelson submission lock and Brock looks like he's about to could break it but he doesn't and then he looks like he could be the end of submitting maybe even but is saved by Big E who goes for the big ending on Lashley 
and then attempts uh, one on Brock Lesnar, who reverses it, and then bam, an F5 hit by Lesnar, and for the win, and the new WWE champion, Brock Lesnar. What does this tell me, guys? This tells me that the WWE did not see Big E as the main event champion for WrestleMania season. Um, I, I got to say that's fair. It's too early for him, but we will remember him as having a WWE champion. And I feel like he could be built up a little more over the years to come. What this means is Brock Lesnar is going to be the guy going into mania. I don't know if Brock would have beaten Roman. It's hard to tell at this point of what could have been, but it does tell me that prior to Brock joining the match, I do see that maybe the WWE would have put this title on Owens or Lashley or somebody else. Now we get a big stare down at the end of the match between Lashley and Brock. And I'm really hoping that this builds to a WrestleMania program for the WWE championship where it is Lashley versus Brock Lesnar. And I would like to see that personally be a submission match to where Brock can't win just with an F5 and a pin that they're going to have to actually go at it and go back and forth and figure out who's going to submit who. And I think that would tell an amazing story for WrestleMania guys. That's everything I got tonight. Um, overall, I would say this day one pay-per-view is in the books, of course. And I would say that this is a nice little in-between pay-per-view that does set up, you know, the Royal rumble match coming up soon here in WrestleMania season. Um, I would say if you aren't into the whole pay-per-view and wanting to sit down for the three hours, I would just watch the last three matches. The Miz match, the Becky Lynch-Liv Morgan match, and the Brock Lesnar match would be enough to satisfy your taste buds to enjoy a day one feast. So guys, again, I just want to say thank you as always for supporting me. And good member, around here it's not goodbye. It's just game over.